0: with super-fast shipping, MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers... Super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to midwayusa.com. Welcome
1: to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkGrows.com, with your host, and Elk Hunting Coach Joe Gilligan. You want to hunt elk, they live to hunt elk. Their goal is
2: to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters.
3: Hello everybody, I'm Joe Gillia, and this is our Insights Edition where we talk about all things elk and today on the show we are here in I'll say Toro Ranch in beautiful Colorado and we have some great guests here today. This mm-hmm. is the El Cam that's happening here. We have, from the bone collector, Michael Waddell. about <laughs> it, Mike? Right? Uh, owner of Toro, one of the owners here. We have Eric Dunn. And super guide on the end over here, Chance Robbins. <laughs>
2: that's
3: right. <laughs> so guys, um, this is a great opportunity because, man, there's been just some great stories told here th- in this week. You know, this is day five, right? Um, we've, we've had some of our hunters already come in and out. But, uh, you know, Michael, uh, I, we want to start with your story and talk about some of that because I, I think there's some things that have happened that Chance w- that was involved. In, and basically yeah. everybody in this camp was involved oh. in
1: yeah i mean it was it was every from elk hunting lessons to biology lesson or anatomy lessons in elk to (laughs) proving once again that i i think that elk is the number one toughest most resilient animal and also the number one toughest animal i think to in fair chase conditions harvest with a bow and arrow and it's it's a you know game of inches but uh it's been fun you know my buddy eric here he, he uh become uh, an owner in this this ranch he called me and uh he said dude what i got this this is you know heaven it's something i always want to do and, and eric's a kansas guy and so for him i have a chance to come out here and hunt and, and he and i both have had to hunt the area you know right down the road at the vermejo ranch and so we both fell in love with not only elk hunting but but this area of, of elk hunting and so you know we, we both kind of come together hunting ducks and whitetail together but I don't care if you're from Georgia, Mississippi, Kansas. If you live and you want to pick up a bow and arrow, you want to hunt an elk. That's like always a bucket list animal. So, yeah, thanks to Eric having me out here and really putting this all together so we can come out here and chase some big old
3: wapiti. (laughs) There's actually a lot of connections here because Eric and I have a connection. Uh, He was somebody that I guided uh, two years ago, Mm -hmm. Eric, on on the Vermejo Mm -hmm. Park Ranch. And, you know, I, I know Eric had hunted elk before. But we had such an epic experience then and developed a friendship. And I can remember Eric saying at that time, you know, Joe, I've got to do this, man. So yeah. uh, here it is. And, and, and here we are. And, you know, we have a connect. Chance is a fellow New Mexican as well mm-hmm. uh, over here guiding. And, you know, uh, Chance is the uh, ranch manager, takes mm-hmm. care of the Toro, uh head guide and uh, uh, head everything right out here Mm -hmm. and uh, like michael's going to tell you here in a little bit is one heck of a tracker because the story there um you know i just want to commend chance on that and and people will learn about that here in a few minutes but you know eric uh is still waiting we're actually getting ready to head out y'all um we uh have a, a bull hit right now eric made a uh, a shot this morning. We're giving it time. We're going to go out and do our tracking. So this is kind of our in between right there. Mm-hmm. And you know, you kind of went through what he's going through. Yeah, right yeah. now, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, for sure. And we
1: we look back, and a uh, camera guy was with Eric too, and so it was made a little tougher because you can't tell exactly. But based on where the blood is, it looks like a pretty good hit. But you never—I mean, he could be—he could have been dead thirty minutes after the shot, or ten, or a minute. However, these things are so tough, and, and yesterday, right. I mean, the bull I shot yesterday, <laughs> Chance, an experienced elk hunter, myself, and, and the, uh, the video we captured, we all like, hey, it looks good, smoked him. We did decide to come back and have a cup of coffee and see if anybody was back with us to go celebrate, and that turned, that was 20 minutes after daylight, and we found the bull 20 minutes before dark, so that just goes to prove... A couple inches here, or there, and these elk can just tote it, and,
3: and no doubt a mortal hit. But he he took it for so. This is elk camp. Day. Here's your chance. Tell the story. I, we, you know, let everybody know the story that that happened yesterday, how it unfolded. It, it was crazy because we got here and um and, and we
0: were
1: we were wide open, and so the first couple days I went with Tom McMillan, so uh, Chance was tied up, and so I was. We wanted to get Tom a good bull with a bow, and. We got on some bulls, and, and so really that morning was the first morning we really had a chance to get after it, hard. Chance and I, and and we, it's funny, we was going everywhere, you know, running running to the deep, dark shadows, so another lesson you learn in elk camp, you know, whether you're in a tent camp or in a lodge, you feel like you got to get to the deepest, darkest corners of the <laughs> ranch, and every time we was coming in, like ding, 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 was elk bugling, they're all over, we, we're running them out of the road, getting back to the lodge, and so Chance said, maybe we should just try hunting right here at the the lodge and literally we went a, a quarter mile from the lodge and, and right off the bat get a bull bugling and Chance calls him right in uh, he, he's going to be giving me a chip shot 30 yard shot and he's running by and, and the camera guy Jacob Keel I call his name just so we, we know he scuffed a pine cone
3: <laughs> 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 and, and man
1: when he scuffed his pine cone it almost you would have thought the bull winded us but however if he'd wind us I think he just kept running but he just runs out there and he stops and I thought man he's out of range well I ranged him he's 70 yards and I've never claimed to be one of those Olympic long range, you know, but I, I also have the theory if you're going to put a pin on your bow and practice with it, be ready to use it in real situations. Mm-hmm. So I had a seven yard pin and I pulled up, took my time and shot and looked like made a perfect shot. And so, uh, especially on video, yeah, had on, on video, on video. Mm-hmm. we had it on video. So we looked at it a thousand times, chance come out, looked at the shot and, and, and we felt good with it. And so. What ended up to be a perfect shot ended up to be a not-so-perfect shot, and so we we finally uh, went to track the bull, and he went to straight up a basically a mountain and, and went right up. and We lost blood. We came back and kind of regrouped. Chance and Arlen and some of the other guys uh and, and Robert, they went back out, and um, I come back and we put the footage on the computer screen in a really slow mode and really looked at it. In the meantime, I didn't know exactly what what chance was up to if he went back to pick up his little boy or whatever well he was still out on the mountain the whole time him and Arlen and Robert I think and uh just picking up little bits of blood and ended up I hit the bull just a little low and he had a, just a slight quarter and so we finally you and I was sitting there remember, we was looking right. but when they were yeah. still looking we was looking and said look we least got liver yeah. I mean the way it was and it sounds crazy because it's right tight behind the shoulder we realized the bull was you know angling just a little bit and uh anyway just long story short we finally get over the Chance later in the afternoon, and they had found blood, and that bull ended up going, at that point, at least a mile and a half.
3: So to interject there, because, man, this, you know, when we tell a story like this, and we say, okay, in morning we shot it, we lost blood, we find blood. What most people, what you guys don't understand was, anybody who's done this, that's been out there in the heat of the day, and you're looking through pine needles, you're looking for pin drops, and you find nothing in track chance. What was the problem
2: with the track up there? There is so many elk in the area. You couldn't you couldn't follow a track for the bull. Right. And mm-hmm. all we had to go off was blood. And we lost blood probably I'd say 150 yards from where we shot him. Yeah. We lost blood. And we looked for everybody was up there the whole crew for three hours for that bull. And we just couldn't pull any more blood from the last blood. And we gritted and gritted and gritted and looked and just couldn't ever pick nothing up yeah because it, it's
3: like 80 some degrees out there oh yeah it's hot and and once the blood was lost and people have checked gridded you know i i know that you yourself you know oh, you yeah. took off there and you were looking for different areas mm-hmm. chance you know had the pack on and covered two different can and if you guys have never been in the canyons of northern New Mexico, southern Colorado, all of Colorado, going up and down into these things where you you know you got verticals going up, going down, buddy. I mean, at that point you were pretty spent, mm-hmm. and and it's only I mean it's probably hitting only till like one o'clock in the afternoon, and we're talking about you know guys that are up there with you, um, putting in so much time. Gritting back and forth, back and mm-hmm. forth, not finding blood, total loss of blood, and really, in most people's minds, nobody likes to say it, but you figure your next best bet's going to be birds, yep. basically. Oh yeah, yep, no,
1: no sure. doubt, right, no doubt. Now, so, i had kind of, i kind of got to that point after about lunch, after because we waited about two and a half, three hours before we went and look, and and we we wouldn't wait that long. We thought we made a perfect shot. We just we come back uh, Eric's wife was here at the lodge my wife and Tom McMillan's wife was, and so I figured they weren't back yet so I thought well let's go back and get the girls maybe they'll want to go out and be an easy track job <laughs> honestly I mean, that's how cocky we were <laughs> we were so confident well they were all still asleep so we sat here and made a pot of coffee and then killed some time but yeah it, Chance and those guys found blood and I'm, I'm telling you right now i have been to Africa Botswana all these countries and I've seen some amazing trackers these guys found blood, I mean, I was blown away I mean it was it was amazing that it turned into what it did, and we finally get get up there and, and this bull had circled done everywhere up and down, chance to find blood in places to where it looked like the it looked like or it appeared the bull was actually in a herd of cows and still trying to cut him around like a cutting horse and even though he was he obviously was sick and uh so we had all this video evidence we we were dumbfounded, and we were getting kind of pessimistic and so I went back out and it was funny I thought well. Let me get the girls once again out of the house. I took uh, Tom and Tom McMillan's wife, Jackie, my wife. We took Tom's little boy. they were out hunting. Eric, of course, you were out hunting. So I mainly just said this, I don't know if we'll find him, but it'll be a good adventure, you mm-hmm. know, and get to see some of this country back in here and explore And so they had lost blood and they found it again, and I'd be John Brown. we We picked up the blood and the and the elk at this point had got out of the herd nowhere so there was elk sign everywhere right and all of a sudden he ventured off and we could see his track and he got out of the mix of a bunch of elk and he was kind of out in the canyon didn't have a lot of uh sign and man here's a th- i learned this long time ago when you're tracking a bull i don't care if you thought you double lunged him always if you're rifle hunting don't leave your rifle truck bring it with you if you're bow hunting right bring your bow with you <laughs> the way i look at it if you know if you if you you just never know and um and sure enough i'm glad i did because we went probably another half a mile from the time that I joined back up with chance in Arlen and sure enough we're going and here's the story of me too. I'm the worst there ain't a human being that's a worse blood tracker than me. I'm red, green, colorblind. <laughs> right. So it looks like tomato <laughs> gravy, period. I don't see nothing. I mean I'm just like so I usually just anyway, naturally just kinda, you know, wing the the trackers and, and kinda looking ahead with my binoculars and kinda getting on high and always just trying to look ahead and see if I can see anything or something getting up. And and that's that's about the best Assistance I can give a good tracker, you know, and and so literally I was doing that, and those guys were steady on blood looking down. And about that time, I'm like, Whoa, stop! and I looked, and my bull was standing up in this thick brush. And, uh, and, and I had my bow, and I, I was able to get a, another shot on him. So, how long had that been? I mean, six, we were 20 six. or 30 minutes after legal shooting light. I think mm-hmm. it was about 10 to 7 when we shot, 20 to 7 maybe, and it was literally right at dark when I got that final shot.
3: Yeah. yeah, you're you're talking about an animal that had a lethal shot on him. And, yeah. and this is so cool because this is a testament to a lot of things. Um, number one, perseverance, man. Yep. You, you know, Chance, the way you grinded it out, bud, was uh, I couldn't be more proud as a fellow hunter because of that perseverance that you put into that. And you know, you're talking about, you're a guide, right? and you took that as if that was your bull oh yeah you, right exactly you honored that as if it was your bull mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. which was so cool and you're talking about 12 hours as the crow flies almost a mile yeah as the a crow
1: cow. flies it was it was almost exactly 1 mile as a crow flies and and the bull, we figured, at least walked on his feet minimum two and a half miles.
2: Right. I, I marked it on my phone this morning and mapped it out where he went, and it walked 2.6 miles. Two, I mean, two. it would was,
1: it was, blow your mind. 2.6 um, miles. And and confirmation was right. Um, there's no doubt that this era, I got maybe a little bit of the back of one lung mm-hmm. and a little bit, not a direct hit, a slice of the liver. liver. So mortally wounded— we were talking yesterday, you know, any elk guy, anybody, you know, you shoot a lot of animals, white tail anything, it's almost like, okay, if it's a pump shot, we know. Yeah, you know I mean? Right. Guaranteed leave overnight. Liver shot, you know, six to eight hours, You most of the time they're stone dead. Lung shot, I mean, 60 seconds an mm-hmm. elk's got to live, typically, if you punch both lungs. Can he run a long way in 60 seconds? You, you, if you don't believe me, watch the elk run in 60 seconds, so he can get away mm-hmm. You have to put a tracking job even on double lung. Um, same with a, you know, heart shot, so... We figured. I, I figured in my mind that bull's not going to live past six, seven hours. Well, he proved us wrong on that, and so sure. it just shows yeah. you that you know there's confirmed cases of bulls truly living with a lung, one lung being took out, oh, and yeah. so that just shows you not only just living, but but thriving and getting things together and still going back out and running these these
3: heels and hollers, and it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, because chance. I mean, just from the time you guys shot it till noon, that's six hours, mm-hmm. and and nobody would have said that it wasn't given its due diligence right oh yeah and as far as that tracking job went and you know i i think to me this is so important because i think a lot of times it only takes one bad apple to give people a bad name right Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of times people uh, talk about how hunters are are unforgiving and Mm -hmm. you know there's there's wanton waste and stuff like that this is a perfect example of how we do respect the animal how Mm -hmm. we do work for that how we do persevere how we do grind and put in the extra mile because this was way over the extra mile
1: way over the extra mile and and, and the thing about hunters too this is this is eric's you know ranch right so you know, it's not a it's not a necessarily outfitted thing. So anytime you go, you have rules and regulations. And I think we all come into this hunt, even though we was hunting friends' ranch. That you know, if we draw blood, that's going to be our bull. We because obviously on a, a management, you know, Eric wants this thing to be good. Um, the other owners that's involved, they want it to be good. However, when it gets down to it, it, it's it's friends. So you know, Eric could you know Eric could get three or four bulls and still go after him and look, but that bull. Was, was such a trophy to me and the experience and and same with Chance. And, and so, yeah, that that yesterday was one of the most phenomenal, most persevered tracking jobs I've ever been part of. And, and I've hunted a lot of countries and a lot of places and shot whitetails, mule deer, but they ain't no doubt. I told Chance, I said, you guys did good, and the good Lord had a hand in this. I said, man, we weren't <laughs> supposed to find this bull, but we did. And so yeah, sure. uh, it was really cool, and, 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 and it was kind of neat. We got a, a group shot. He's got his little two-year-old, three-year-old boy out there. Gatlin, my wife, Jackie, they, I laugh. Jackie had on We got on all these big, nice Krispies and Mendel <laughs> boots and Kinetricks. Look, they go up there, she, she got Same. on some, she's... She, she got on some Chuck Taylor. No, they ain't. They, they, they ain't even name brand. Chuck Naylor's, I told him. Didn't even have no laces. No My ladies. wife had on some kind of rubber boots with the, some kind of little. Pick. They ain't even laced up. Looked like Kanye West boots or something. And then, <laughs> and then and we up there tracking around. And so they were all with us when we found it. His wife come up, Addison. So it, it, it was really cool. And uh, we and all we gotta do now is conclude this. And we gotta go out and find Eric's, which I feel pretty good right. about. To be yeah. honest with you, yeah. I feel better about Eric's hit than in the end. As
3: I was going back up putting the mountain on mine, so
2: mm-hmm.
3: yep. yeah, and and we're going to get to your bull here in a second, Eric. But I just want to, you know, give you a chance here because as somebody, as one of the owners of this ranch, mm-hmm. and of you know, and even though you're, there, we're all here as friends, right? And you're here uh, as a as a fellow hunter,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know. What did that mean to you yesterday? I mean, you had to go through a few emotions too. I mean, sure. because when that bull was first hit and it wasn't found after so much time and everything.
4: So, what did yesterday and that experience mean to you? Well, honestly, I was I was surprised looking at the video. I mean, all of us. I mean, I've I've seen the video and it looked like a great shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when when things start happening, one thing I learned how tough these bulls are. You know, they're just it's crazy, and it's one of the toughest animals out there. But secondly, um, when, when Chance got on it and, and started doing the things he was doing, I, I tell you, I, I, I put my pants on the same way everyone else does, and I, I was lucky in life, and I had some good businesses, which allowed me to purchase a place like this. But where I'm most successful at places like this is surrounding myself with good people.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: We know Chance has this ability. Art, he talked about friends coming in. The reason why I wanted these guys to come in, we've been doing this for a long time. We've been doing it at my ranch. We've been doing it at yep. Tom McMillan's ranch. We, we we really cherish the the animal. We we love the ground they're on. And when we come in here and do things, we try to go the extra mile. You know, Michael's a, a, a public celebrity when it comes to, to hunting. And I will promise you, the reason why him and I run together is because we do things right every time, every yeah. time, and we love it, and we come back to it. And hell, the only thing I don't like about this is that camp's almost over.
3: I know, I know, <laughs> I know it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Well, you know, but when I came in, uh, and and you gave me the, you know, you told me who was going to be in camp. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, number one, I don't, I don't get. Uh, the Sportsman Channel or the Outdoorsman Channel and stuff like that. So when I came in, what I saw was guys that like to hunt together, uh, uh-huh. the camaraderie, and and the fun you guys have being around each other in, in camp, and that's the biggest compliment. You give and I, and I can say a lot about Eric. I
1: could go on and on as um, far as. You know, just selfless, and, and Eric's right. You know, we've all been blessed. I mean, each and every one of us be out here and hunting. But you know, Eric Eric's obviously had some successful business, and he's been able to put together some some beautiful tracts of lands, even in Kansas. I I met Eric through. I had a piece of land, and Eric called me one day and said, "Hey, I was interested in, in buying that piece of land." And so we got to talking, and and uh, and I realized right away. I said, "Well, Eric, I, to be honest with you, I said." I'm not out there much, but I really enjoy hunting the place. He said, well, that's easy. He said, you know, I'll buy it. You can come still hunt. I'd like you to come hunt with me every year. And I'm like, this has got to be too good to be true. What's this guy's <laughs> talking about? Said, well, at least let me. lease least he said, no, Michael, he said, and I'm, his exact words, he said, I would value your friendship and just us having a good time together more than I would any of your money. And, I, and, and I'm like, my, that's, that's, that can't be right. And so, sure enough, we we'll go out there, and, uh, and and just like Eric said, we strike a friendship. And so his whole... Hooray Ranch, which kind of, you know, spills right over here into the Colorado ranches. Man, friends and family have a good time. You know, laugh, cut up, and it's so cool. Tom, it, nobody. It's almost like you. Everybody's pulling for each other. And to be no. honest with you, I'd be in a situation and if I'd made the investment. It's hard not to be selfish and say, "Well, I'm going to this best spot or this spot." But we're here and just everybody's getting after it, and it's like you know, everybody's rooting for each other. And so. uh that's unique, and and for me, that's what's lost in hunting these days. It's a very macho man sport. Mm-hmm. You got to be pretty tough to be honest with you. Track around these mountains. I'm not saying that ain't a tough sport. It is, but the just the laughing, the cutting up, the kids in camp and throwing the ball with them and laughing, cutting up every night. We've had a big fire pit. We've had us a, a cold adult beverage in there. Not not over serving, but just laughing, cutting up. <laughs> but if we want to, I mean, we could in middle we'll of nowhere. Sure. But we're, but we're just having a good time. And uh, and at the end of it, there's a lot of. The value is is in the the time we spent and 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 we'll have this memory forever. I mean, Chance and I, honestly, God, we we was hugging, we hugged to the point to where you'd have thought we was a modern day couple. I mean, I <laughs> shot this bull. I, mean, I mean, we hugged. I laughed the video. I hugged him and then he come and hugged me again. I went back and hugged him again. You know, and I've only known Chance for two days, and that's what hunting does. And and together, I didn't get the bull. We we got that bull and um, we tricked him and we shot him. Uh, you know, Jacob, the camera guy, he was happy, and so. I don't know, I can't go, I can't say enough about that part of it. If I'd have did it all by myself and been the same bull or even way bigger bull, I, you know, I, in the story, I'd just say, if you don't experience it like this, there's a lot of men I know that are successful hunters that are sitting around with no friends in a dusty, big, lonely trophy room. And if you don't right, put your right. investment into building relationships with friends and fellow hunters, you, you just really making you investment and in trying to collect these trophies for the wrong reason and so i've been a blessed man i've hunted places that, that i never thought i would even get a chance to go drive in the gate and uh but the relation but, but the animals certainly mean something to me but the, the how i spent it and who i got it with those memories mean more than animals for sure so that that's my trophies and and that's what Eric's was kind of hitting on. And that's what we've got in Kansas. That's what we got out here. That's what the Barry family's about. That's mm-hmm. that's really you can see what runs in you. And, and and I think that is the number one thing we can use to market
3: hunting, whether it be elk hunting, turkey hunting, or throwing rocks at pigeons. I don't care if it's fun. Well, it's and fun. That's, that's the main thing I want people to hear is that it doesn't matter where you come from. I mean, we're all from different places, mm-hmm. you know, all of us from different places. Uh, it doesn't matter your your backgrounds and things like that it's It's really about how you share and people share together those members at the most basic thing at the most basic is is having that camaraderie because you know when your bull was down, that hillside was full of people it was up full there. of people It was flattering to see the effort that
1: that went into a bull eye shot you know and they wanted they wanted to find it because one is they wanted to give respect to bull, but, you know, they, they wanted to find that bull. They wanted to be able to help, and so that it, it was really cool. That's one reason I got that group shot on my phone. It'll blow your mind. It's the amount of people. People swear we shot in a five-acre enclosure in Missouri, right? but we really were in Colorado yes, in the wild. So.
3: <laughs> no, that's awesome, and and, and that's, that's what's so cool, like when you talk about the right reasons of doing this. You know, uh, when you spend time... You know, that's like Eric and I. We've spent a lot of time together in the hills, in trucks, in traveling, sitting by water holes. You really get to know people. Oh, yeah. You know, the conversations that you have, and you find out what each person is like and mm-hmm. how you mesh. And, and that's what's so cool. And, and I bet now, just from—it's not the ch- chances a guide that impressed you. Oh, it, yeah. was, it was the effort, the work, and the respect you now have for this young man well, mm-hmm. because of what he did out there and uh, and and well-deserved, man, that respect. Well, what right. you see when you go past it, this, this is it. And Eric
1: and Chance are, are, are two examples of that. Right. So if you look on the surface... You'll say, you know, it's a, I ain't spent five minutes with Chance. I'm like, this, this, this kid can hunt. He's a good elk hunter, good caller. I, I, you know, I got my start competition turkey calling, so I got decent, tone ears, and I'm like, yeah, Chance, Chance ain't afraid. He, he'll definitely work a bull. He'll call. He'll listen to his bugling. See the way he moved around, just, just his thought, you know, and, and uh, and now I'm I'm a little older and and so I'm looking at this young elk hunter and say yep there ain't no doubt this cat's got going on and so that was easy to see but you're right at the end of it there was a lot of good elk hunters but to see his perseverance and out there all day I, don't even, I mean he he stopped one time for one bottle of water and and literally just grinded and uh, and so that impressed me same with Eric you look on the surface like man it's a beautiful ranch man beautiful house but who opens up who opens up their doors at the Level of what he does every day, you know. I, I sit here and watch the news now, and it's, you know it's talking about the whether it's the border or, 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 the, or some of these people that this this you know made money or done stuff. I mean, the generosity and in, in what he's doing and sharing a lot of a lot of these opportunities with you know with me and my family and, right. and so many. I mean, you could go around you know Kingman, Kansas, and hear that story on and on, and then you start realizing why Eric's had success. Mm-hmm. it's because you give back you, you you you're pushing but you're giving and you're pushing and you you're working and good mm-hmm. things come to good people and same with And so that's what you find and at the end of it for what i've learned and i try not to judge folks but i found if you're a die hard hunter that respects animals i can about judge you and say that's gonna be a good man that's gonna be a good woman don't mean we perfect look lord we all we all sinners and make dumb mistakes but let me tell you something at the end of the day know where your heart is and, and so yeah, to be in camp with a bunch of people like that, shoot, man, I world comes to end,
3: we'll fight our way through I mean, whatever happens, <laughs> yes, sir. you know, we, good assets to... to you, yeah. you know somebody has your back, you know. That's right. And, uh, you know, Tom's not here right now. We're, we're actually... I'm going to connect up with Tom later on. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's really cool because a lot of people see you guys from the outside in. You know, they, they get the... The edited version of y'all. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, Tom is has left the hunt, did not get an animal. But you talked to Tom, and and I talked to him just before he left, and I have incredible respect for that mm-hmm. man because it's not about the kill. With no. Him. Mm-hmm. It's no. about the hunt. Yep. He and told
4: me, he said, when he left, he said, the best hunt I've ever had in my life this morning. That's yep. what he told me. Yeah. That's, that's what he said, too. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. That's what he said this morning, yep.
3: Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he came in and, you know, get this. When we're walking out, the guides are walking out yeah. to meet each other. And, and Chance goes, he goes, thumbs up, thumbs down, right? And uh, Robert, the guy gets out of the truck and he goes, thumbs up like this. Well, most people see that and they think, oh, there's a, there's a bull down on the ground. Mm-hmm. And they got out. They had smiles on their face. And, and we're like, oh, you got a bull down? No. huh And then Tom gets out. But I had the best hunt of my life oh, this yeah. morning. Oh, yeah. No, you no, know, no. The, the experience of yeah. those bulls screaming and in the rut and working back and forth and having a son. That's but, right. Yeah. And Tom probably could have stayed
1: more, but his probation officer just kept calling. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, his his, his, back his back Kansas. ankle brace, yeah. it was shocking. I'm back in Kansas,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, it is. Tom's a good guy, and Eric, Eric's not. Actually, uh, Tom introduced me to Eric Eric to me, and so... Uh, I knew that area where Eric is from through Tom. And, you know, I mean, so many celebrities hunt there from, you know, Blake Shelton, a lot of different people come through there, and uh, it's just become probably the mecca of whitetails there in Kansas. And so it's funny, you know, just a small group of friends, and it's really cool. And what's been fun about it, too, is... is any of our little successes and any things we have, it's almost like we're we guaranteed got a ticket for each other, you know? Right. I remember Eric comes and man, I'm trying to put it together. If I do, you better get your butt in gear and come with me. I said, you ain't got to twist my arm. <laughs> I mean, this was like last, I think it was last October. And, he, mm-hmm. and I said, dude, you 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 know, you ain't got to twist my arm too hard and vice versa. Every once in a while there'll be something come up. And my wife and I have, and we're calling, you know, Eric and Wendy, like, hey, yeah, man, y'all should come check this out with us. So, And Tom and Jackie, same way, and vice versa. And so... You know, it, it's just fun to have... Like
3: you know, I said, at the end of it, it's elk hunt, but it's just making memories, you know? It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, experience. when uh, when Eric uh, asked me to come out and guide out here, and then he said, well, there's going to be a camera crew and this and that, a lot of times when you think about that, you just think, okay, it's a show thing. It's all about the, the show. And I found out just the opposite when I got here. And And I want you to understand my viewpoint because i like to watch things and again i I try not to judge what you learn about people and the salt that makes them up real quick right Mm -hmm. and and when i came out here i found it 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 wasn't about the show you know you got some incredible cameramen yeah they're good guys those guys really love you know what they do and trying to capture it but they understand that the hunt is first yeah you know Mm-hmm. And their job is... To, to capture try, everything. Yeah, to try to capture everything and make that happen. And and when I got here, it wasn't about shows being filmed again. It was about a hunt, and, and that was absolutely cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Eric, um, we've had some days. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some encounters that have just been incredible. We've had bulls surrounding you, bulls trying to... I mean, you've had bulls that you've passed that you know we're just feet away from you you know we've had uh, mornings bulls screaming in our face i mean you'd come out and go that was a blast you know each time yeah and then week and then this morning
4: yeah great week we 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 actually i felt so good about this ranch this is my first year hunting it um and man we passed a lot of bulls that that some people wouldn't pass, you know, that, that we hope we're going to be here next year. And, and uh, again, had a bull yesterday 10 feet away, screaming, had to take one more step. And, you know, Hunt could have been. At 16 yards. Yeah, it was 16 yards. Yeah, 16 yards. And uh, that was a great day. This, last night, a little slow. This morning we got up, kind of drove around, looked for some bugles, finally found some, went to it. Ten minutes later, we had a bull shot. It was incredible. It was right in my face. It was our camera guy, Ryan, he, uh, he'd never seen an elk before he got here. I mean, he's he's, third stringer. He, he he's go, a third stringer. He's fish. a third stringer. And, uh, I mean, he got to see something that most people in their lifetime will never see. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, all week. Yeah. Well, he was an elk magnet, Yeah, too. yeah. I
3: mean. They would come
4: to him every yeah. time. Oh, my remember, God. No matter where yeah. he got. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of funny because.
1: Eric, Eric, that's another thing, about Eric. Eric don't really want the limelight of a show, so I have, over the years in Kansas, I've like, Eric, let's, I want to get you on video, and Eric, Eric will run from it, he's always hiding in the shadows, of course, he's full of life, and so <laughs> I can never hem him down, and like, you know, get the camera on him, or, you know, and, and, and so I realize that Eric's like, look, I made this investment, I worked my butt off, I, you know, I'm going to let a TV show stand in my way of me whacking up. A deer or an elk, you know. I'll try What? wild elk. We'll try to get some footage, you know. Come on. Y'all do that. I'm here to have fun. So so I told Ryan, I said, look, Ryan, you know, you, you, you're you in shape. You can do this. You're social media. I said, you know, you can grab some stuff with Eric and, you know, maybe, maybe some cool stuff for Hooray in the ranch. And I said, but look, st- you you just capture what you can. I, I'm telling you, I know Eric Dunn. <laughs> Eric's going to just, he's just going to whack. When, when he feels the, the urge in the right situation, he's going to do it because he's not, a hired television host, and so uh, so it was a perfect mix. Ryan was learning, and he, I said, like, just just don't spook nothing, and stay out of the way, and try to try to get some good stuff. And so, uh, and that's the first thing he said this morning. He said, hey boss, I think I got some footage, but I was I, I couldn't see the elk, and I said, uh, <laughs> you couldn't see the elk, and he said. Well I could see him but I couldn't focus on it. so anyway it was the camera he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't grab the focus so uh, don't, don't
3: he'll get picked on a lot by the other camera guys, I but, promise you. But I tell you if those elk were dogs and we hung a pork chop around his neck, man, 'cause they were they were after Ryan. I mean he had elk around him. Everywhere. within feet. Yeah. So he could he could easily feel the tag. Oh, <laughs>
4: it, yeah, that bull yesterday, he could have got it. it. That's crazy. Need to take two steps for me, but not for him.
3: That's nuts. That's the way yeah. it goes. Over he there. actually had a bull came in right behind him. I mean, he's got a tree at his back. The bull is on the other side of the tree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I kept waiting for him to hit the scent line and stuff like that. And it got a little crazy. we had a big bull coming into Eric. And mm-hmm. so we end up with five bulls in the area and things flaring. and. You know, it just didn't work out that way. But what an experience! I mean, these guys he had are some good footage of that Yeah, yeah he—I saw some. Yeah. Food. He
4: got yeah. some
1: really good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even that boy shot today got some. You can, I mean, you can tell this pretty good footage. Just, just he was trying to, like, he was trying to rack mm-hmm. his focus and get on him good through that brush.
3: But, well, you know, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, he's—he was really worried about the footage and stuff like that. He wants to always to do a good job, but, and that's what I've noticed about everybody at this camp. And and I think that's a common theme in most elk camps is that people want to do their best, and when they don't, you know, uh, that's why you don't sleep well at night when you're waiting mm-hmm. f- to go track an animal or something like that. Or as a guide, you're wanting to put people on it because it's that it's that spirit you have mm-hmm. inside of you. And and I, you know, Ryan, I think now will be out hunting uh, an elk before oh, he talked now.
1: about. He he he's into fishing
3: and. You know he likes
1: duck hunting and stuff like that. Right. When, uh, he, you would not know it. He's a professional uh, wakeboarder. He can yeah. rip it like it will blow your mind. But, but, uh, but that is, that is the case, man. You know when you, everybody's just trying to do their best. And when you bow hunt elk, let me tell you something. You can have the best dinner and laugh and be so excited about the morning, and then have an elk working to come in. And based on the shot or experience, you can go from a hero to a zero, like Instantly. that. Bow hunting elk will humble you. And just make you mad. And actually, I, I mean, I've, I've had it where it's like a death in the family. You know, <laughs> where I have a couple... I mean, not just... I have to, you know, like, all right, Waddy, get up. This is... This, you're acting childish. But you want... Your desire to, to get one is so enormous. And then you screw up or make a bad shot or miss and 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 you then you think why in the world am i even doing this this is crazy i mean this is crazy i could go home and have more fun watching smoke in the bandit <laughs> eating leftover chili <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's like what am i doing <laughs> but then then when you find it and you things work right it's just right. You know, it's just an unbelievable
3: feeling so i've had some people say that for them it's it's become a life-changing experience because there's it's so demanding you know uh Yeah, I I had, when I hunted with Eric two years ago, I've actually got to see the change in him and how he was in these mountains or Mm -hmm. or has been these last few days. I mean, and, you know, you were telling me that you've had a personal trainer come in Mm -hmm. and and been Mm -hmm. working your butt off and Mm -hmm. lost a lot of weight just so that uh, you could get ready for this hunt and get ready for these mountains. Man, you've done great.
4: Thank you. Feel better.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and, but I, I can tell you this. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. It's about day three or day four. You oh, know, what? we were out here in the morning. Each morning, we all get together. Boy, that first day, it's like, ha, 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 ha. Happy. day four, it's like. Silence. Who <laughs> wants a granola bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're leaving the bananas on
4: the table.
1: Yeah, everybody. <laughs> you're right. Everybody's tired and beat and. And uh, I was getting—I I didn't have much pep in my step, but yet this morning I was all good. I had that bull. That we found him. I'm like, hey Hi everybody, Hey, you know what's up? What's up? Then, <laughs> well, you had a I was chance. Like, shut up, Waddy. On. Just shut up. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, it's—it's it's been a great week, man. It's been just awesome. And like I said, elk hunting's—it's the best. It's the biggest challenge, and one of the most rewarding trophies you can get for sure and i just found out t-bone got got his first elk today did he really no way. And He actually got him running a gun and walking in utah no way he, was, he cried man he's crying like a baby he awesome. was Good so job. so happy because t-bone don't like breaking a sweat <laughs> 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 and it will require you to break a sweat so he started off he was in his mind we was, he was gonna be sitting in a ground blind hunting water holes and in utah you can legally put out alfalfa bells and mineral and um so that was going to be a perfect opportunity for T-Bone, but what he didn't know, we'd already had it lined up where he was going to be walking, you know. And so I said, "Look, make sure, you know, don't kill him, but he can yep. go a mile a day. Yep. He's a big guy; he can go a mile. Yep. You know, if if everybody else goes seven miles, T-Bone, you can go a mile. We didn't tell him that, so we tricked him. <laughs> so he got out of the blind, and he, they called one in, just a little old five by. It looks like, but he, he's T-Bone can shoot lights out, and so he, he smoked him and. He sent me a, again. One awesome. again, it looked like the modern day lover deal. It, 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 I, I love you, Waddy. I can't <laughs> believe this man. Just love you, Nick. Love you, love you. I told him Eric. Stuck. Well, tell Eric I love him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know how it goes. That's
3: awesome. He loves everybody. Yeah, he every day. Does. That's neat. So, for people out there that are listening, I mean, you, I don't care how long you've been hunting elk, you always learn something. And there's a lot of people that are getting ready to find out some of these lessons. What are what are some of the things that you're still learning sometimes that uh, and lessons that you've learned that you think people out there that plan on elk hunting ought to. Well, the biggest thing I would say if you
1: look at the population of hunters is whitetail hunters. If you come with a whitetail mentality, you're going to you're not going to be aggressive enough. You're going to you're going to set up in the brush too thick. You're going to give the elk. I, I, I say too much credit. I shouldn't say that because there's certain aspects about the elk that are superior to a whitetail. But you know, growing up in the South, growing up in the Midwest, I mean, a whitetail just has an uncanny ability to pick out something almost like an antelope and know something ain't right. So obviously, you, you got to hide. You got you know that's where camouflage was invented, hunting turkey and deer. And so elk, you can get away with more. You can be a little bit more aggressive, and and, and it's more of a for me, it's more of an approach of an aggressive turkey hunter, if, 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 if those people have done that. So elk are intimidating, and so I think the number one thing, people freeze up a lot elk hunting, either in trying to stay hid or in trying to adjust an angle when they see that elk coming, and maybe you've got somebody like you, a chance, working a bull to a call to be able to realize that this bull's coming here, to understand that the wind's here, like a coyote, they're going to be coming and trying to win where they're hearing, hearing that mm-hmm. call. You know, especially in a case where you're using a bugle, they're definitely wanting to, you know, size up who they're going about to whoop, you know, or or get whooped by. And and so when you know those things and it all comes together, that's going to give you the ability, even though you might not be by the experienced guy like you are, because you can't can't hold everybody's hand. You're not going to be right there. And a lot of times you need that separation of 50 to 80 yards. So checking that and knowing when to move and when to be aggressive. And when I say that, it might be be move, Ten yards, it might need you know sprint up thirty yards based on an angle. So, I think the biggest thing I learned, I would tell somebody, don't be a, don't go elk hunting as a white with a whitetail mindset. Go with a turkey mindset, and, and and realizing that you're working angles, you're manipulating with calls, you're manipulating a herd by trying to get an angle and cut them off and sit still and let the cows get by. You're using the wind, and so uh, don't don't freeze up, don't freeze up. I, I think that's what. Most people do. There'll be a bull come in bugling, he's right here and they're thinking like whitetails and he's just Wah! and they're just like, If I don't move he won't see me. Right, right. Or oh, you know, you need to get your eyes over and as soon as he makes any bit of mistake, you get that bow back and get air stuck in it. Mm-hmm. And so many times I know y'all have you'll see people it's like, God, I had him, I don't know what happened. It's like you didn't shoot him, like well, I couldn't he was looking at me, he's like, you know, that. You, you you probably could have got around and shot it you did you froze you know and so that's, it's easy but that's when you got 700 100. pound you know yeah. it gotcha.
3: blow and snot on you it's hard that, to move that's probably one of the biggest things i've told people is is that okay so understand you didn't move and that animal walked off right yeah well if you move and you draw back on that animal one or two things are going to happen either you're going to get a shot or he's going to blow up and go off. That's right. Which is the same result of the first one. At least you have
1: an. Opportunity. You still got a fifty-six percent chance <laughs> at least coming <laughs> to full draw and getting a shot. That's right. Yeah, That's stepping out by the tree. That was the first thing I remember going on when I was even a camera guy, videoing it. I mean, I would get me some clippers and I'd be clipping in the bush and <laughs> and, and hiding, and then I'd always have this terrible footage because I'm trying to video through a cedar tree. You know, and then I was videoing David Blanton. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, it Ryan. I'd be videoing. I'd be videoing. I'd be videoing I'd, and then I'd I was videoing David Blanton. That was the first guy who helped I couldn't even find David. And one time, there was a 340 bull in Arizona. I, I think it rubbed the cedar bushes in and couldn't get a shot because he was in it. And so I learned step on the front side. Yep. Use a background. Don't move drastically. But... You know, you're just a human-like stick to them, and mm-hmm. if you don't move and do nothing abrupt, they they will accept it. Come on, especially if you're in the shadows. And so, yep. it took me a lot of years to experience to to get past that. And that is what I see first-time elk hunters do: they just freeze up. And it is; it, they're very intimidating animals. And uh, but get aggressive and go in, and uh,
3: you have to create yeah. your
1: opportunities. You do, you do. Elk, elk especially. And uh, Tom, and I think that was what was fun with Tom this morning. Tom, these bulls work pretty good calls, but we were able to get and push Tom I'm like Tom, you know, I was calling some, Robert's a great caller. I said, Look, push in. They said, Man, it's just I can't get in there, they're gonna see me. I said, So what? There's four over here bugling, get in there. Mm-hmm. And dude, he went on in there and me and Robert flanked him and just called and he kept going. He'd look back, like, go here. I mean, and Tom's as good a hunter as I've ever been around. Right, right, But again, he's he hadn't done a ton of elk hunting. And he finally got right in there, and he's like, oh, my gosh, that was just insane. And it just, I mean, it was just like he was elated to know that it's almost like I wished I would have went back now and can hunt the next right. week, mm-hmm. four, four days because, you know, went without saying, I, I bet you he probably looks back. like, you know, if I would have just pushed on in when Robert was calling 30 yards, 40 more yards there, because you can. You can get every 10 yards you can cut off and get that angle right. You're, you're helping us for yourself and what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Robert,
4: Robert's a young guy. Did did he like that? Did he like what you guys
1: did? He did, and he did. And Robert's an excellent caller. He got a lot of confidence, in his calling. and And we were talking about that, and I said, "Man, you know, Robert, I think we could get in at them bulls and the friends. Are, let's just let's get up in there and just walk in there and try to kill one." And they were. I think both were skeptical, but but it, but it worked, and we really had we really really had it going on, and it's, it was fun and. Uh, to, to hear Robert call, he, he was just a great, great elk caller and stuff. And I liked that because that's where my roots, I like calling game. and so. Right. Now, nah, it was fun. It's like Tom said, it was a fun morning.
3: Well, you said something, though, that I'd never heard or even thought about before, and it's probably because of the end that I come in on all of this, but you said, don't think like a whitetail hunter, think like a turkey hunter. Yeah. I ain't never heard that before, and, and with all the whitetail guys that I deal with, that might be something to bring up. What do you mean by that? I think it's like fishing. Elk's, elks, elks
1: angles and, and, and manipulation and, and whether you can actually stop a bull in his tracks and make him turn to come back where he came from to investigate a cow he thought he missed or a, a fight or, or, you know, the herd that whatever this illusion is, you as callers. And then you hunt with all across the country. Every elk hunter is different in a guide. So, 90 of the time, if you elk hunt, the best success is going to have do it in twos. When I, you know, either a guide or a duo, if if tomorrow y'all had tags, you know, I would I would feel confident enough to say I could help you guys fill your tag if I was with y'all by giving y'all that opportunity for me to call and for y'all to be on the attack and be the coyote and to understand the angle that they're coming, because those bulls, you know, it, it, getting in close, a lot of times, you know, if they do come to call, they're looking right at you. Well, turkey's the same way. Mm-hmm. You can be working a turkey with Merriman Eastern. If he's right here in Kansas, he might not want, he, he's, he's working, he's gobbling, but he ain't, he ain't into it right there. You can change that angle by 50, 60, 100 yards, or maybe get within a certain distance of him, mm-hmm. maybe get 20 yards closer, and it just trips his trigger. And once that trigger is tripped, it's a kamikaze, and elk are the same way, the, even in a herd, and, and, and vice versa. So it's same with fishing. You know, if you really look at fishing, they don't call it fishing. They call, it's really called angling. Mm-hmm. Angling. You know, he I, does a, it's mm-hmm. angling. So mm-hmm. same with, you know, Eric does a bunch of marlin fishing. And he can drag it past a million different ways, when well, that angle's just right, bite mm-hmm. on And I think elk is very much that way. So uh, when I'm hunting with guys like y'all, I honestly become so confident because when i'm hearing y'all calling and 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 hearing how that bull's reacting i'm thinking i'm about to do them a favor and i'm gonna make i can hear what they're doing and then and then most of the time you guys are watching and hearing and and, you know and you're you're trying to pull the bull at that angle right by us if you're sitting still but if you get on the same page and understand the angles and understand what's happening that i think there's a lot you can get away with hunting in a you know, tandem in in two and three people and where you can't do that whitetail. I mean, you know, they're going to pick you alive, you're going to be up there by yourself. And and that's what's cool about elk hunting. It's it's just like turkey hunting. Hunting a turkey that can smell and you can take a lot of different approaches. You know, you can be very aggressive with your calling. You can manipulate, (coughs) create illusion and and I think it's the ultimate thing to hunt because you're always on the Mm offensive. Unless you're sitting in a water hole and you're not sure what's coming, it's an offensive approach. So it kind of gives you an opportunity to be a Navy SEAL, you know, to where you get after an him and you can. He's making noise. You know, does he have cows? Is he by himself? Is he aggressive bull? Is he is he dominant? Should I come in here with a bugle or just manipulate mm-hmm. him with a, you know a sexual cow call and his desire to breed? I mean, so it, all of that in that lingo and that conversation that you have, it's just phenomenal. And and I don't know, it's just some, Usually, you're breathing hard, you're going up a hill, and you're tired. I don't know, it's just, you know, when you connect it it's just like, I don't know, Nirvana, it's such a cool deal.
3: And, Eric, I've, I've noticed how much you've learned from just the time that I've been out with you two years ago because, you know, you might have made that cameraman mistake or, or like you were talking about, you did when you, oh, were, yeah. you were getting behind stuff. Mm-hmm. But, man, I've seen you really make sure you have good
4: shooting lanes. Every time now. Mm. I've been in a situation where I didn't. I didn't set myself up for success at all, and and like like everyone said, I mean, you taught me this. man, If a bull is moving and you stay in the shadows, they don't see very good. Mm-hmm. But if he stopped and he's staring at you, you're not in the shadows. You're gonna get busted. Yeah. Well, that makes it that makes it even funner to hunt, you know? Yeah. If you think about it, a lot of time, it, it is. I mean, just what Michael said. There is so many things you can do to change, and I watched you do it this week. I watched Chance do it the other mm-hmm. day. Make one little change and. You know, we had a 360 bull looking at us the other day in a horse pasture, you know, r- ripping a tree. And we both wanted to see him come to us. We could have got down to the creek, went another 35 yards and shot this bull. But it's that excitement and adrenaline of seeing these, these animals react to these calls is amazing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the reason a lot of us do this.
2: It's that uh, beating them at their own game, right, mm-hmm. Chance? Exactly. You know. It was like Michael's bull. He's talking about angles. We were calling that bull and michael was up in front of me about i don't know 30 40 yards Mm -hmm. and it was perfect in the bottom of this canyon down here there was a draw and a tree line kind of came down in there and i was in the trees and michael was up in the front a little bit and this bull comes from the bottom and up across and came came up on top of a little ridge and started coming in and i thought he was going to try and circle up around above these guys so i dropped to the bottom Made two cow calls and Harry he dropped right down in front yeah. of you guys, and that's just he angry. changed it changed and it was funny because it, it, it was kind
1: of cool. Me and, me and Chance was bumping chest because we both read it exactly the same because Chance didn't know it. As Chance was moving, I felt what was happening, so I sprinted up another forty yards to cover that what I thought was about to happen because we didn't have and 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 he did this so it was like it perfect. perfect musical chairs as I moved up to cover what I thought was about to happen. Otherwise, I was about to. The bull was about to suck past me close, but in a not a good, There's a thicket. And, uh, and about the same time, chance come down, I went up and this bull, you know, was about to come by at 25, 30 yards. And so it's just,
3: I don't know, it, it's the funnest thing ever. Yeah, to realize, and to realize that you're not in the best position for an opportunity and then make that change, mm-hmm. that's what most people have to understand. Yep. You get locked in. And, and become stagnant. You got to be dynamic out there. Yeah, I agree. You know, mm-hmm. it you can't lock in. No, you got to be ready in. to, you know, adjust for yeah. sure. And and when you—that's what's so cool though—is when you have when you're a caller and you have a shooter, and both of you understand that and comprehend that. You know, that caller's going to do what they what they can to try to get that animal to stay in coming in correctly. But for that shooter to realize, okay, all right, this is where they told me to be, but, man, the way they're moving, I'm getting ready to hit my downwind or I'm not going to have a shot opportunity, mm-hmm. and to make that change. Mm-hmm. Because, again, that result is going to be the same thing if you stay put and that animal goes by without you seeing them as if you moved. And let's say they do blow you up, right? Mm-hmm. But you are giving yourself an opportunity, and you mm-hmm. have to do
1: Yes, that. to know that. If this doesn't happen, I'm not going to get an opportunity and try to get to that point. you got to be able to do that. Otherwise, I think that's the difference in getting a, a shot or, or sometimes going home empty-handed is, you know, kind of making an opportunity. And, and, and if you can read what your guide's doing in your call and then, you know, knowing the win. Like I said, pup, them little puff bottles, man, you'll use you. go through one a day because you can bet wherever that caller's at, if a bull is biting, even a nonchalant, non-pressure bull, he's, he's coming to that win. Well, if you're not in the right situation, if he wins you before he wins the, you know, uh, the, the caller, right. it's over. So you've got to put yourself in position to shoot him before he can get to this point. And, and, and it might take, it literally could take a 40-yard sprint on the hunter to just run through a meadow, just sprint to get to this pine tree in the nick of time to make that opportunity but you can't sit there like well maybe maybe he'll just turn no I can about guarantee he ain't. he's he's gonna do exactly what yep. he'll do every time yep. and so when you can read that 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 makes the difference for sure
3: so chance what would you say you know to give to give something to these people out there what would you say were some of your most because this week has been a tough week it's yes. been hot right it's uh, been finally hot. we started getting some cool mornings and that's when the bulls were lighting up afternoons what have they been like Eric what have the afternoons been like for us man <laughs>
4: Nature, <laughs> nature walks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, lot of, lots, a lot of hiking. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But it's been kind of slow in, in the afternoons. Water has finally started to become a prime type thing mm-hmm. because of that heat. But in this situation, because we're where it should be hotter than heck, I mean, as far as the animals being hot, exactly. not hot outside. I mean, we're right on the equinox, right. right? So it should be cranking out there. But everything's kind of been a little bit delayed out yep. here, what we've seen. What have been some of the most
2: effective strategies and calls for you this week? You know, it's been tough. Early season, whenever you got bulls searching, looking for cows, especially early season, you can kind of get in there, slip in 100, 150 yards from a good bull and cow call and suck them in. But the more the the year go, or the month goes on, getting closer to the equinox, you're getting bulls that are with cows and trying to suck bulls off of cows now. And when you're out here trying to kill herd bulls it's not it's not the easiest thing in the world to do Mm -hmm. to suck them herd bulls off them cows and so you just got to position yourself and give yourself the best opportunity to call that bull in the right direction yeah and you know this bull that michael had right here that we just killed yesterday he he had some cows and he was going up a ridge and we went and set up and i a cow called a few times and he bugled a few times and was still working up the ridge and i just thought you know he's we're gonna have to go across the meadow yeah i really thought and and have to go with them up to their bed and maybe suck him in off his bed and i just during the middle of the day Yeah. yeah 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 and so yeah maybe yeah i just decided i thought you know what i'm just gonna get him pissed and so i i just threw a challenge bugle right back at him and he stomped me in the ground with it and then i lip balled over the top of him and that's all it took started raking a tree and he came in on a string
3: but man. what if he didn't? What if, if you threw that challenge bugle out there and he didn't rip it back at you? He didn't escalate like mm-hmm. that. What would have been your next route? Because a lot of guys are
2: like, "Well, I challenge him, and then they, you know, they start going with the cows, man." Yep. What would have been your next step after that? So if he, if he would have turned and just kept going up the ridge with his cows, we would have got quiet across the bottom, let him settle down a little bit. They were going to go. We knew where they were going to bed on top of a bench right there. And we slipped into about 100, 150 yards from him and and threw a couple cow calls out thinking that there's a couple lost cows coming up the ridge and he's going to have to circle back and pick them up to go bed with them. There you go. That's awesome. That's, That's giving somebody a
3: strategy right there. Yep. Because you're taking that temperature. Of that exactly. So you do that challenge out there, and he, he comes back. Oh, yep. now you, you know it's you're in the money, right?
2: Yeah. It's on. It's on.
3: Well, one thing, i tell you something, and it's uh, talking about turkey
1: hunting that applies. Uh, one of my old turkey hunting heroes, he's still alive, Preston Pittman, we t- he was a world champion turkey caller, won the Grand Nationals, won, won every turkey calling contest you can call. And somebody asked him about turkey calling, he said, I ain't never been turkey calling. So I go turkey hunting, and sometimes I use my turkey call to help me. And so... Every time you sit down to call a bull, I don't think you're going to call a bull. Mm-hmm. But you can use that, and you can see maybe they're biting on a long-range cow call or even a little faint bugle. Well, that can give you the opportunity to get that angle. And you say, okay, okay, it's pretty obvious. I see this saddle, and then there, there comes maybe the Cameron Haynes moment to where you know, the personal trainer kicks mm-hmm. in like... The wind's blowing right here. We got a hustle. The call helped you understand the angle again, right. and it's a mad sprint to get to that pocket or mm-hmm. that little ambush point. And then it becomes, you know, it was like the Nez, Pier- mm-hmm. Nez Pierce and Chief Joseph's son when he when they ambushed the soldiers. They had the, they had the <laughs> position, and you can create that. And at that point, with a good wind, knowing that the thermals are usually going to start pulling with the sun, those ca- you can just, you're talking about a beautiful setting. But you didn't really call them in, but you located them. And you just sit there. I've had it some beautiful hunts where it wasn't an intense bull looking for me. The cows are clicking by, and it, you know, I'm sitting here blended in, wind's right, just don't breathe, don't move. And when those cows get by, and you can just hear, you ain't called them in. Mm-hmm. But he screwed up by answering your call an hour ago. Exactly. Down in the meadow, and he told you too much. So I think that's kind of what he was talking about. And then, and like I said, if he does get by, you still got the opportunity to come manipulate him in the mm-hmm. bed. but. Like I said, it just gives me chills thinking about what I just said. I mean, I, that's a mm-hmm. that's a whole other moment of it. It's just hairy because you're sitting at this point. You're not calling. You're just like, "Please, I got this bull. Mm-hmm. He's coming behind these cows with right. 40 yard this 40 yard window." Yep. And so now, I that's probably as tense to me as as a bull coming
3: to the call. Mm-hmm. Whew, angle. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome, man. And guys, uh, uh, thank you for doing this uh, with me today. Uh, I think this is super. Uh, I, we have a great representation of and you know it's funny uh, when, when we looked at doing this podcast you know you had to look at the team effort and we wanted all the team to be here people to meet uh, you guys, everybody involved and understand that uh, you know we're all just hunters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know you, you get that brotherhood out there, that sisterhood out there you share those moments, you share those memories and you you do something special that you're never going to forget, and uh, that's what it means to all of us. So thank you very much for being here today. Um, I hope everybody there got to, everybody that's listening gets a chance to pick something up from this because there's a lot of information. There's some chunks, there's some tidbits, and a lot of good advice out there. So uh, for everybody that's listening on this, whether it's this hunt this year or it's this hunt next year, uh, we want to wish you the best of luck. We hope you share it with special people and make some special memories just like we have this week. And I look forward to this happening again, y'all. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. All right. it, buddy. Yep. Y'all take care.
0: Good work, boys. That sounds really good, man. Thank you very much. Oh, thank, thank you, very I appreciate you having the song, man. Thank, thank you. Let's go do it. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western.
3: I'll there, baby, right there.
0: Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.